Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Did you see what crossed the Bloomberg a little while ago? HP results? Yeah. Yes. We're going to talk about it. We ought to. It's an amazing uh, story of that company and you know, Stock the, the heart of yeah. 5.2% in the after hours. Yeah, big move, big change at HP. We'll dig into those numbers. But first, let's get the latest in business news headlines from Charlie Pellet. All right. I thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Got to begin with HP, as Carol mentioned, up by roughly 5% after hours. HP Inc. showed accelerating sales momentum in the second quarter, delivering growth in both PCs and printers for the first time in more than a half decade. Revenue up 6.9% to $12.4 billion in the period ending in April, topping analyst estimates for the fourth consecutive quarter. And again, we've got more on the HP story coming up in just a moment right here on Bloomberg Markets. China's state-owned companies already grappling with a leverage crackdown now face the risk of higher financing costs overseas after Moody's Investor Service cut the nation's debt rating for the first time since 1989. But big picture, what about sustaining growth in China's economy? Mike Schumacher is head of rate strategy at Wells Fargo Securities. But the math doesn't work well. You think about an $11 trillion economy growing at 7% per year, what's that, $770 billion. Think about the U.S., 19 trillion, 2%, $380 billion per year. China's growing at twice our clip in dollar terms. You can't continue to grow at 7-plus with that kind of size. So I agree it's a political problem, but at some point the math doesn't work out well. So you've got to be able to condition the population to accept 5 6% growth. I do think the point, though, is that Germany's Alinda and Praxair have agreed on a blueprint for their combination, leaving the fate of the proposed deal in the hands of Alinda Supervisory Board remains divided on the transaction and has already derailed the plan once before. Praxair shares up today by 1.8 percent. S&P 500 index at a record up 5 to 2404, up three tenths of 1 percent. Dow Industrials up 74, up four tenths of 1 percent. NASDAQ up 24, a gain there of four tenths of 1 percent. And this headline to pass along from the Bloomberg Professional Service, CBO releasing the score of the House Pass Healthcare bill. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'll take the blues away. I'll print some news today. I found my lover, someone who'd be true. HP Inc. Appropriate name because it's the ink printing part of the HP business. That was supposed to be a boring, not sexy part. Reporting earnings. Uh, and the earnings look pretty good. Uh, help us figure out exactly what they said. Anand Srinivasan joins us right now from Bloomberg Intelligence. He's our senior semiconductor and hardware analyst. And Anand, these numbers are, are strong. And we've got, you know, actual growth, 7% sales growth on a year-over-year basis. Clean quarter uh, across the board. We knew that the PC business was going to be strong. What, what was I, w- I was really impressed by was the print supplies business where declines – have been abating, but this time they actually posted growth. Remember that this is that portion of the business which, you know, when you combine printing and print supplies, is about 4.7 billion business. That was up 2% year-on-year, and supplies were up 2%, and this is a great margin business. Unlike PCs, which are a mid-single-digit margin business, this is a 20-plus percent margin business. So the fact that they posted revenue growth here, the supply business, which was... um, uh, holding them back, that did well. 
um, for your guidance um, on the bottom line is is good. Uh, not much to complain about. We knew that component costs were going up. They did uh, miss gross margins by a whisper. But again, in the grand scheme of things, this was a very, very well-executed quarter. You like this company, right? I do. I mean, the fact, look, this is a PC and printer business, okay? So you have to get comfortable with the fact that this is a, a, a declining unit market, and they have done... And this is the, this is the, these are the cards they've been dealt. But with, with those cards, they've boasted really good business. Their execution is solid. They're gaining share. The principalized business, they've, um, uh, seems to have turned the corner. We'll see if it'll stick. And component costs are going up like crazy. DRAM and NAND memory, mm-hmm. uh, which are a substantial portion of PCs, have gone up pretty substantially in the last seven quarters. To execute in uh, and keep it almost gross margin neutral in that kind of an environment is a testament to their execution. Uh, that's interesting because the, uh, the other side of the business is not doing so well at all. The HPE side of the yeah. business, yeah. So, uh, look, there, when we walked out of the analyst day two years ago when the, uh, the split was about to be consummated, one of the impressions that I walked away with was that HPQ was an interesting business that was um, in the doldrums and uh, had the potential to turn around versus HPE, which was executing well but had the potential to fall apart given the, the nature of the cloud. Now, fast forward uh, six quarters later, HPE executed really well, gained incredible amount of share, particularly at Microsoft on, on the Azure cloud versus HPQ continued to um, not do so well. Now the PC business is, is turning around. They've um, uh, cut some costs, uh, managed margins, and they've improved the print supplies business. So HPQ is doing well. and. Thus far, the PC tailwind still remains versus the cloud headwind for HPE still remains. We think that's a pretty big threat for them on that side. I feel like the cloud business is so competitive right now, so it's, it, it makes it tough for everybody involved. Let me just ask you, though, about HP, the printer, the you know that business. Q. Yeah, HPQ. It's up 28% this year. Is that indicative, Anon, of people just initially kind of underestimating that it could do actually okay and even better than okay, or is it indicative that it is a good business. Uh, I would say it's a great execution story in a, in a, in a weak uh, overall context. I mean, you have to get comfortable with the PC and the printer business. Both are secular, um, um, low single-digit decline businesses. Within that context, this is a great execution story, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants to hear the, the, the part that, hey, PCs are a great place to be. <laughs> uh, how sexy is that story? Right. Not. Um, Printers. We are secularly, uh, structurally reducing the amount of stuff we print. Within that environment, how do we in- improve the number of printers sold? How do we improve the revenue, the ASP of the printers sold? And even if we can't do those things, how do we make sure that you buy more toner? Right. Right, which is oxymoronic in some, to, to some way. But how do we improve the profitability of that context? Within that, they've done really well. Uh, it's, it's interesting too. It's also interesting to see the financial performance here of just the income statement just works. It's got kind of nice gross margins for a business that shouldn't have such good gross margins and, mm-hmm. and, and they keep pulling it off. Yeah, I mean, clean execution story, Corey. Uh, well, well told. 
by do you. Do printers eventually go away? I mean, we used to talk about a paperless newsroom. That hasn't happened. I print a lot of stuff still at home. She prints a lot of stuff. Pr- printers, uh, <laughs> printers will morph, right? One of the things that it's trying to do is commercial 3D printing, um, banner printing, big um, image printing. Okay. And, and printing's reduced. They don't go uh, Printing reduces. doesn't go away. <sighs> Not too shabby. It's you a know. mover. Yes, it is. It's a mover. It's going to be one we're going to be watching. Anon Srinivasan, also a mover, part of our Bloomberg Intelligence team, senior semiconductor and hardware analyst. And, of course, BI is our in-house group of analysts. All right, everybody, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master, Corey Johnson. We've got to check in your top business stories in just a moment right here on Bloomberg Radio. Here's some world and national news headlines with Bloomberg News anchor Adrian Mitchell in our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Corey and Carol, five suspects are now in custody as police confirm their investigation of the Manchester suicide bombing is focused on a network. The father of British-born Salman Abedi says his son is innocent. He spoke to the AP from Libya hours before he and a brother of Abedi were arrested. The Washington Post reports the brother is suspected of planning an attack in Tripoli. Republicans aren't exactly falling in line to endorse the president's budget proposal, and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney faced an onslaught of criticism from Democrats over its cuts to benefits for the poor. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman reports. Mulvaney heard the budget plan denounced by Representative Barbara Lee of California. Never before, really, have I seen such a cruel and morally bankrupt budget. Mulvaney defended cuts in food stamps, health care, housing, and education as necessary to boost economic growth. What about the standard of living for my grandchildren who aren't here yet, who will end up inheriting $30 trillion in debt, $50 trillion in debt, $100 trillion? Who's going to pay the bill, Congressman? My unborn grandchildren are paying for it, and I think that is morally bankrupt. Mulvaney said he was also trying to be fair to middle-income taxpayers who get the bill but not the benefits. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. Just ahead of Memorial Day road trips, the typical 50-cent spring surge in gas prices hasn't happened. AAA says the average price is now two thirty-six a gallon, within eight cents of a five-year low for the date. Last month, the Petroleum Institute says consumption hit a record for April. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell. 